Amen. So, so we're going we're gonna to talk about the Word of God this morning. Amen. Praise the Lord. So I'm excited about the message that we have uh, this morning. Father, thank you. Hallelujah. We, um, we shift ourselves to prepare our, our inner ears for your word. And I prepare myself to minister your word and hear from you. And uh, we just thank you that your word is true and uh, it's alive and uh, it's effective. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Are you excited about the word? Amen. Hallelujah. So I won't be before you long, but I'll be before you with the word of God. Hallelujah. And what I wanted to talk to you about this morning, um, and the title of my message, of course, if you need a title, is If Not Now, Then When? If Not Now, Then When? What has God spoken to you? And if the word, the spoken word of God to you is not true now, then when is it? Although uh, what is promised to you or promised to us may not have manifested or have not manifested yet, is it still true? If it's in line with his word and whether you received a, a, a prophecy or you received something while studying the word of God and in prayer, if it's not true now, then when is it? And, and, and primarily, I'm talking to something that, you know, God have, may have spoke to you individually. Not saying that this is not true when someone else is involved, especially like with the husband and wife team. You know, if you, the word of God say, you know, it doesn't matter if it's husband and wife, but if any two should come together. Just, just one more than one, just two. If any two should come together as touching anything in my name, they, they shall have that. He's in the midst of them. He's with you. Right? But you do, when you have more than one person involved, you do have their will involved. So I'm not so much talking about uh, individuals. Uh, once again, I'm not nullifying other people being involved. I'm not so much talking about group of people or more than one person. I'm primarily talking to individuals. What has the Lord spoken to you individually? Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. And um, the Word of God, of course, plainly states that without faith, without faith, it's impossible to please him. And, um, but we have been given the faith we need. So it's not like we're trying to conjure up something and work something up. He's given us the faith that we need to please him. So without, uh, you know, we can't talk about faith without going to Hebrews chapter 11, right? Well, we can, but I choose not to. <laughs> Amen. Hebrews chapter 11. I just want to read a couple verses from that and primarily verse number one. So faith is always present tense. So we're going to go back to school for some of you. Faith is always present tense. It's always now. It's always now. It's, it's always current. And of course, in Hebrews chapter 11 and uh, verse number one, it says, now faith is. Or we can say faith is. Or we can also say faith is now, is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, you know, I'm, I'm used to ministering to youth, y'all. 
So I get the youth to participate. You all mind if I have you all participate? That's just the way I'm used to ministering, okay? And you all already know that sometimes, not all the time, but I minister from uh, the TIT translation. And so they're not going to have that translation, and you are not going to have that translation. That's T's imagination translation. So when I go into that translation, don't try to flip and find it on your phone or whatever. Just pay attention because you have your own translation. Like my brother Jeff down here, he has the J-I-T translation. Jeff's imagination translation. And you have your own translation, all right? So, but I need your help, all right, as we're talking this morning. So faith is the substance. Give me like a one-word example of what you think substance is. Stuff. I like that. Things. I'm looking for something that starts with an M. Hey, two people said it at one time. I don't have nothing to give you, but thank you for helping me out. Faith is the material. I like to use that word material in the, um, the definition, at least the the dictionary definition of material, that which has mass or occupies space. So we can say that faith has mass. Faith is the mass or faith is the material of things hoped for. And I love that word hope because, and I love how, how, how Dick Hatfield, he has this book, you know, Hope, hope Brings Life. And he, man, he goes into detail. The book is about hope and, 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 and earnest expectation of good that comes from God. See, it's not worldly hope. It's godly hope. Amen. And you got to have that. Now those three abide, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. And so faith is the things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So give me a definition or one word meaning of evidence. Proof. I like that. I like that. Proof. Faith is the proof of things hoped for. It's proven. So the dictionary definition is uh, the means by which an allegation can be proven. You know, when I came off road patrol and I, I worked in the courthouse in the, in the circuit court for, for about five years. And, um, oh, that sounds so much better. <laughs> and I worked in the court for about five years and we would have trials, you know, uh, going and, and evidence in the trials. And um, it was so important for Madam Clerk, the clerk that was in the courtroom, to label the, the, the evidence and mark the evidence and number the evidence. And even when we would take a recess, I would have to work with her to make sure that evidence is, is secured and it hasn't left the courthouse because the evidence is so important. But the evidence is not the thing or the person. It's just evidence that the person may have been on the scene. Yeah. Woo, come on. It's just evidence, but it's not the substance. It's evidence that it exists. It's evidence that what you're believing for now may not be in the material realm, but it's, it exists. It exists. Like healing has already been provided. Your body may not be healed. But healing exists. Provision exists. Peace exists. That's the, it has evidence that these things exist. So uh, the TIT translation of faith is faith, faith is the material that occupies the space of what you're believing for until what you are believing for materializes. That's a long definition, but that's just a definition to help me understand it. Faith 
is the material that occupies the space of what you are believing for until what you are believing for materializes. So whatever God has spoken to you, it already exists. It exists. It's not something that he's waiting to do or waiting to, it already exists. So, but bring everything back to the, to the, to the beginning of our belief, you know, like our salvation. And I, I use that often and, and for myself and even when I'm ministering to people is so important. Man, the, the, the thing that has eternal value on our life, where are we going to be for eternity? God made it so simple. He made it so simple. And so everything that's included when we receive Jesus as Lord, everything is included in that salvation package. Everything, all the provision, all the wholeness, all the health, all the peace, all the, it's all included in that. And it's just by believing in our heart and confessing with our mouth. All those things were provided. So if he took care of that in such a simple way, our eternal future in such a simple way, how much more has he already provided everything that you and I ever need and desire right now? Right now. And so one of the ways that God speaks to me is through sports. I just love it you know, just from playing sports and uh, through watching sports. You know, some, sometimes, you know, maybe how, how does someone speak God speak to you? Maybe through plant, through gardening. Can someone give me an example? Participation. How does God speak to you? Butterflies. Butterflies. That's right. You have quite a few of them. Butterflies. That's God's creation. Give me one more. Birds. Music. Music. Amen. Birds. Yes. Oh, man. Come on, brother. Who's that? That motorcycle? Come on, Greg. Yeah. He speaks to me while I'm on my motorcycle. Amen. I love that. That's awesome. But one of the ways he speaks to me is through uh, sports. And how many have heard of Vince Lombardi? Yes. You've heard of Vince Lombardi. And uh, you've probably heard of the quote that he's famous for. You know, when the Super Bowl is played, uh, the trophy that's given out is called the Vince Lombardi Trophy. Yeah. That's, the, that's the, um, the Super Bowl trophy that's given out. But I wanted to, to talk about a, a specific quote that he's named for. And the quote is, gentlemen, this is a football. <laughs> okay? He was talking to NFL players. And how did this quote come about? And if you can just bear with me, I'm going to read a short uh, story about how it came about. So pay attention to this, all right? It says, in July 1961, Vince Lombardi kicked off the first day of training camp for the 38 players on his Green Bay Packers football team. The prior season had ended in a heartbreaking loss to the Philadelphia Eagles after blowing a lead in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. Now, so when the players came in to start training camp, they expected to immediately begin where they left off and work on ways to advance their game and learn fancy new ways to win the Super Bowl in the new season. When they sat down and began, Vince Lombardi held up a football and said, gentlemen, this is a football. <laughs> he then uh, had everyone to open up their playbooks and start on page one, 
for they begin to learn the fundamentals. Say the fundamentals. Blocking, tackling, throwing, catching. He was talking to professional football players, not a Pop Warner team. So I, I ask you, just to take a sidebar here, pause for a second. I ask you, go back and remind yourself of what the Lord spoke to you via his word while in prayer, a prophecy concerning what you are in faith for, what you're believing him for. It's still true now in the realm of the spirit. But sometimes we get off course. I've done it. And go chasing everything except what he's spoken to you. And taking this word, going back to the fundamentals, the base to support what he has spoken to you yes. now. Going back to the story, it says, that was clearly not what the players expected as the players uh, who were at the top of their game. They were professionals. This hyper-focus on fundamentals allowed them to win the Super Bowl that season, 37-0 against the New York Giants. Sorry if there's any New York Giants fans that's watching here or uh, online. That's here online. Vince Lombardi went on to win five Super Bowls in seven years. He never coached a team with a losing season after that and never lost a playoff game again. Why did that happen? Because his team, the players, got caught so much, you know, into, you know, all the new and fancy stuff and forgot about the fundamentals. God hasn't made this thing complicated. We complicate it. I complicate it. If it was so easy to receive him as Lord and Savior, all we had to do is believe. That's, right. That's all he wanted us to do is believe. That's how we're going to uh, cause what he's spoken to us that already exists in the now to manifest. That's right. It's so true. It's so true. So stay with me. So what did, what did we begin? We began, we began our walk with him in Romans chapter, chapter 10. Let's go there. And I'm just going to let you know right now, if you do not see the scripture up there, do not blame them. They do an amazing job. It's T's fault. I didn't give it to them. <laughs> so turn into your own Bibles or on your phone or something if you don't see it up there. But let's look at Romans chapter 10. So then faith, that's what it talks about. Romans chapter 10 and verse number 9. If you confess with your mouth, this is how you became born again the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. This is the new King James that I'm reading from. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, right standing with God, and with the mouth is confession is made unto salvation. That's how you started this thing out. This is your base. This is your fundamental. This is where we started this walk with Christ. And because of that, we became born again, new creatures in Christ Jesus. This is where everything starts. From the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is where we started our, our walk with him. And this is what we revert back to or should revert back to. Look at verse number 14. 
How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? You got to hear it first. You heard the good news. You heard the gospel of a good God. And we decided to believe in him and allow him to be our heavenly father. Receive Jesus as Lord. Right? So that's important. But we have to hear. So faith Listen to this. Faith and believing are related, but not the same. They are related, but they're not the same. And we're talking about what has he spoken to you now? If it's not true now, then when is it? They're not the same. So our salvation experience originated from information, the good news, the gospel, like verse number 14, from information. They heard. How did we? We heard the word of God. We heard the good news. We heard the information that God is good and he wants to be our savior. From information, the gospel, the good news that formed a belief in our hearts that caused us to respond or to act. Belief or believing is based on information. Once again, although the word of God is true now, it's true now. The word of God is true now. Concerning our situation, it's still important to continue to meditate on the scriptures relative to what we are believing for. That's so important. What did Jesus say to Satan after he came, you know, when Satan was tempting him? It is written. He came with the word. And then uh, Satan had two more things that he wanted to show Jesus and tempt, and he was actually tempted. And after he finished with that, Satan finished with that, what does the word of God say that Satan did? He left Jesus and never came back. Ah, ah. He left Jesus, Jesus for a season. So if he left him for a season, then another season came where he tempted him again. God's spoken to you. When you first heard that word, whether you were reading the word, someone prophesied to you in prayer, you got excited. It sparked. It brought life. You connected with it. But don't you know that from the time you hear that word that's now until it's manifested, Satan's going to tempt you not to believe? Folks may interfere. Your own thinking may interfere. That's why it's so important that we continue to stick this word in our face and persuade our heart with it until it's manifested. Faith is an act, but an act doesn't happen, and happen until a belief, positive or negative, is formed in our hearts. So we can believe negative or positive. I think it's James uh, 2, 19, it says that even demons believe, they believe that there is one God, but they don't have faith in him. But they believe there is one God. Even demons believe that. So belief is about what you accept to be true now, not what you do with it. Belief is what we accept to be true right now but not what we do with it. What do you mean not what we do with it? Because faith is what you do with what you believe. Faith is an act. 
But sometimes, you know, when we use that, we use them like they're the same. They're like, they're like, they're like identical twins. You know, even in, once again in court, you can have identical twins there, but they got different fingerprints. They have different fingerprints. So that's kind of how belief and faith is. So, so belief is about what you accept to be true right now, not what you do with it. Faith is what you do now with what you believe. So we should be operating in belief and faith right now. Because the word of God is true right now. Look at Romans uh, couple chapters over, Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. And once again, we're reading from the, um, the New King James. It says, I beseech thee. In other words, it's earnest, I, it's urgent, I request. You therefore, brethren, a sistren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service and do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind you can't renew somebody else's mind you renew your mind I renew my mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God so the word of God is true right now you may not see what you're believing for you may not feel what you're believing for. You may not taste what you're believing for. You may not hear what you're believing for, but it exists right. right now. Right now. And how do you prove it? By sticking with this word, renewing our mind with this word. Persuading our hearts, sticking with the word of God. So the world has a way of doing it. But that's why he says, don't be conformed to how the world do it. I'm telling you how to do it right here. Or as my dad used to say, right here. Okay? So this is important. This is important. It's so important because we can prove, we can prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God for our lives. So there have been times in my own life that, yes, I believed in God, uh, uh, but, but my faith and my action in, in him to come through for me was lacking. You know, I believe, man, he can, but will he for me? Will he, will he, will he, will he do it for me? So how, how does that change? How do we, we change that once again? We, we find scriptures, we meditate, persuade our hearts to study and meditate on his word until a belief is formed in our heart that will cause us to act or continue to act. Because when you initially got this thing or I got this thing that we're believing for, we believe and we act. But sometimes along the line, you're tempted to stop believing. You're tempted to, to, to not act in faith. And that's why I think it's in Hebrews. It says, hold, 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 right. hold. Don't let it go. Hold fast to your profession or confession of faith because he is faithful that promised you your now. Hold. Don't let it go. Don't, don't Hold, hold, hold. Hold on to it. Don't let it go. If, you, if, it says, if it says to hold, that means you can be tempted to let it go. But hold on to that. 
because he is faithful that promise. He's faithful. Say, God is faithful. He is faithful that promise. And, uh, and this is not going to be up here, but uh, in Proverbs 27, 19, it says, As in water, faith answers to faith, so the heart of man uh, to man. In other words, what, what's in our heart will re reveal what we are believing. So, you know, just like I, if I look in, in water, if I, water is right here and I'm looking at water and the reflection is there, it's not going to show me with an afro. <laughs> Although I like to have me an afro. But those days are over. It's going to reflect my bald head. So, so it, yeah, a shiny bald head. But, 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 but the word of God says here that so in the heart, it reflects or reveals the man or reveals what he or she believes. And we can determine that. That's why the heart is so important. Once again, how do we start out? We believe with our arm. We believe with our spirit. We believe with our heart. And just like that, we were born again and changed the des our destiny. Just like that. So, um, you all remember Jay Iris? I want to I talk about my buddy here, Jay Iris. Jay Iris, it's going to be in Luke chapter 8. Jay Iris came to Jesus based on information. And he formed a belief in his heart that Jesus could do something for him. Let's, let's look at that in Luke chapter 8. But it's so much that took place uh, before that. Um, before that, it talks about how you know, Jesus had uh, cast the legion of demons out of the man. And, and the demons went into the pigs, and the pigs went and drowned themselves in the water. And then Jesus had did all other types of miracles. So here we see in, in Luke chapter 8, Jairus is coming to Jesus. And it's based on what he saw, what he heard, and what he believed. Otherwise, he wouldn't have came to him. So look at verse number 40. It says, So it was when Jesus returned that the multitude welcomed him. The multitude welcomed him. For they were all waiting for Jesus. And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue. And he fell down at Jesus' feet and begged him to come to his house. So he came to Jesus. Why didn't he go to Peter? Why didn't he go to James or John? No, he heard about this man, Jesus. He heard information that caused him to believe that this man could do something for my daughter. So he fell down and begged him to come to his house. For uh, he had only an only daughter about 12 years of age and she was dying, but as he went, the multitudes thronged him. So the Bible didn't say Jesus said, yes, I'll go. But based on this, we can see that he said yes, because he went. And Jesus is not going to go and then get there and say, hey, man, I'm sorry. I mean, I know we walked all this way, but I can't help you. It's a No. See you later. Deuces. No. He said, he said, he said, the Bible says that, but as he went, 
So Jesus said, yes. Once again, is the yes in the now? No. Yes. <laughs> yes, it's, it's yes right now. Now, this one is easy. The next question. Was Jairus' daughter raised from the dead when Jesus said yes and went with him? But he got a yes. But things haven't changed. But Jairus got a yes from the word. But things haven't changed. But Jairus got a yes. So let's walk with this story. Now the woman, this woman, having a flow of blood 12 years who had, uh, now a woman who had a flow of blood 12 years who had spent all her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any came from behind. So Jesus is walking to the house, TIT translation. He's walking to the house and she came from behind and touched his garment and immediately the flow of blood stopped. And Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied, denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitudes throng and press on you, and you say, who touched me? But Jesus said, somebody touched me, and I perceive, uh, for I perceive power going out from me. Now, when the woman saw that she had, uh, she could not, she was not hidden, she came trembling, falling down before Jesus. She declared to him in all the presence of all the people the reason she had touched him and how uh, uh, she was healed immediately. Why am I reading all this? Because Jairus is standing there watching this. Jairus is looking at all this stuff that's going on. And so he's wondering, and he's getting anxious most likely, and we'll see that later, and he's probably about to pull his hair out. I can't, I can't use that as an example. I wanted to maybe use one of our youth, but he's standing there, and he's, he's worried. He's fretting. He's watching what's going on with this woman. And you can imagine him saying, you know, hey, hey, forget about her, Jesus. My daughter is dying. I got a yes from you, but the circumstances don't look good. Time is running out. As Greg Moore say, you know, we start looking at the calendar, the watch. This woman caused Jesus to stop. And what Jairus thought, that maybe his yes is no longer a yes because the word has stopped. But is that true? No. So, but he's fretting, he's worrying, and how do we know that? Let's continue to read. Verse number 48, it says, And he said to her, Daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. While... He was still speaking. Someone came from the ruler of the synagogue's house saying to him, your daughter is dead. Leave him alone. The word of God spoken to you. You believe. I believe. We're moving forward. We're holding fast to our profession, our confession of faith. 
and then bad news comes. Somebody comes. Situations happen. Things take place. Is it still true now what the Lord spoke to you? But uh, verse number 49, while he was still speaking, someone came from the ruler of the synagogue's house saying to him, your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him. Jairus didn't say anything. He didn't ask a question. But the word says that Jesus answered Jairus. It doesn't say here that Jairus asked a question. Remember when Jesus spoke to the fig tree? Did this fig tree speak out loud? But the circumstances spoke. Jesus wasn't speaking to Jairus. He didn't answer Jairus. He's answering his circumstance. The yes is still a yes. What you're believing for. What you've been promised through the word. It may look like as you're walking with the word, and maybe the word has seemed like it stopped. Circumstances have changed. Temptation to quit believing has come. Circumstances may change, but the yes don't. A yes is still a yes. It's still a yes. It's still a yes to what he promised you. So verse number 50 says, but when Jesus heard it, he answered him saying, do not be afraid, only believe. That's all I need you to do. Just only believe. Do not be afraid. Only believe and she will be made well. Which tells us that she wasn't well yet. Which tells us that healing is already available. Healing is already there. Deliverance is already there. Your answer is already there. It may not have arrived in the material realm, but you already got it in the spiritual realm. Only believe. That's what he's telling you. Only believe and she will be made well. Numbers 23:19, I love it. It doesn't talk about a man. It doesn't even talk about a woman. It doesn't talk about your mama. Your daddy, not even grandmama them, is talking about your God. And in Numbers 23, 19, it's so beautiful because that's when, when, when Balak was trying to get Balaam to curse the children of Israel. And this is what God told Balaam to tell Balak about himself. God said this about himself. He said, listen here. Balaam, listen here, Balak. I'm going to say this about myself. God is not a man that he should lie. 
neither the Son of Man that he should have to repent. Has he said it and shall he not do it? Has he spoken it and shall he not bring it to pass in your life? God, God said, I'm saying this about myself concerning your situation. I'm not like man. I don't lie. I'm not like a woman. I don't have to repent. I'm not like a natural being that will take, say something and then take it back. Oh, I didn't mean it. No, I don't operate that day. I'm not a man that I shall lie. Neither the son of man that I actually will have to repent. Have I spoken it to you? Shall I not do it? Shall I, one translation say, shall I not make it good in your life? I've spoken it, and it's true right now, and I ain't lying about it. I can't take it back because I can't lie. And that was in the Old Testament. Talking about the children of Israel who's blessed. I'm about like Randy. You know, Randy would get excited. Woo! Amen. That's right. Woo! Man, God, he, listen, he's talking about you. Make, let's make it personal. He didn't lie to you when you got excited about what you heard concerning what he wants to do right now, what has taken place right now, what you're believing for. He, he didn't lie. Circumstances may be lying to you. People may be even lying to you. People may be even lying to you. What did, what did, what did Jesus say to them when, when Jesus' family showed up? You know, he was talking to a multitude of people, talking to his disciples, and, and the crowd was there, and they came, you know, TIT translation. Hi, Jesus in there? And they went to Jesus, and they say, hey, Jesus, your mama... Your brothers are outside, and they want to talk to you about all this Jesus and good news gospel stuff. What did Jesus say? Jesus said, who is my mama, my brother, my sister, but those who hear the word of God and do it? That's my mama, my brother, my sister. Hear the word of God. Believe the word of God. And do it. Mm. Praise the Lord. That's better good than Campbell's soup. Amen. That's the word of God. So God is not, hey, he didn't lie to you. He can't lie to you. So let's continue to read here. Uh, verse 51, it says, when he came into the house, he permitted no one to go in except Peter, James, and John. While you're standing, while you're holding fast, please be mindful of the company you keep. Yes. I don't care if you got to hurt them rascals' feelings. You, you, we got to watch who we're hanging around, who we're surrounding ourselves with, who could, could cause us to not continue to hold fast to what has already been promised to us right now that already exists in the realm of the Spirit. We, you know, uh, uh, is it Second or First Corinthians? I believe it says, "Bad, bad company, corrupt good behavior." What was that? Manners and behavior. Morals. Morals. Yeah, you keeping bad company is gonna cause you to start thinking like them rascals. You no. 
Uh-uh. No. No. Jesus, right here, verse number 51, says, He came into the house and permitted no one to go in except Peter, James, and John, and the father and the mother. And they all went, ah, Lord, she dead. She doesn't die. And mourned for her, but he said, do not weep. She is not dead. Wait a minute. She's sleeping. Do not weep. She is not dead. This is not a trick question. In the natural, physically, and I'm going to help you out. So just watch, watch me. Was she dead? Yes. But Jesus said in verse 51, do not weep, she's not dead, but sleeping. Because he is the yes. Amen. In this situation, and he is the yes in your situation. Not only is he the yes, he's the yes. Now, thank you, thank you. I'm glad I wasn't holding my breath. He's the yes right now. Praise the Lord. He says, do not weep. She's not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him knowing that she was dead. But he put them all outside. Amen. He put them all outside. What did he do? He distanced himself from unbelief. Because the yes is still a yes. And I got the yes. But I still need to be mindful of who I'm hanging around that could disturb my yes. Get, get, no, no, get away from me. Get away from me. But, but because we don't want to hurt people's feelings, we don't speak to them or we don't separate ourselves from them. Because folks can lead you wrong. And they can cause you to just let go of what's been promised to you. Now, also the word of God is iron sharpens iron. You know, we can just surround ourselves with those who's going to be thinking and believing like us. That's why we need to be mindful of what books we read, too. Right. Not this book, but some books. If it's like, put that rascal down. Don't read it. That's just an extra. Verse number 53. Verse 53, it says, and uh, they ridiculed him. Because he's dead. And so you may get ridiculed. Say, why are, you, why are you still believing this? You mean, nothing's happened all this time. Why are you still in faith? Why are you still believing? You may get ridiculed. You may have those thoughts to quit <laughs> believing in the now that's actually true right now. Because the word spoke to you. And the word is alive and it's quick and it's now. Amen. And so... You, you may have people say to you, ah, it ain't happening all this time. It's not going to happen. They ridiculed him. Remember now, Jesus had to walk to the house. And when he got to the house, she was dead. And so they ridiculed him when he said she wasn't dead, which she actually physically was dead. But the word said yes way back when Jairus came to him Come on. concerning that dead situation. That's right. 
and they ridiculed him. And uh, verse number 53, uh, he said that because he said she is not dead, but he put them all outside, took her by the hand and called saying, little girl, arise. Then her spirit returned. She arose immediately and command, and he commanded that, uh, that she be given something to eat. And her parents were astonished, and he charged them to tell no one what had happened. And this is a beautiful story to illustrate what happens between the yes and the materialization of what takes place. And what do you do, or what do we do from the time we get a yes until it manifests? Manifests. So let's uh, look at uh, Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. And I'm, I'm, I'm bringing it to a close. Um, you know, when I, when I first got my first motorcycle, a motorcycle endorsements were not required, you know, but I still wanted to take the class anyway, just to take it and gain knowledge, you know. And uh, so I took the, the motorcycle endorsement class and, and you know, once again, you know, if, if you, and, and I don't always do this, so don't, I'm, I'm not saying I'm all that in bag of chips, but you know, we just continue to just live from within, just stay in tune in here. You know, there's lessons to be learned all the time and the Holy Spirit's always speaking, he's always guiding. You know, he'll just take stuff and just, you know, that's why Jesus, you know, talked about weed. Weeds, not weed. <laughs> Hey, Peter, won't you hit some of this, Peter? You're a little hyper, man. You need to hit some of this. Hit some of this. Nah, not weeds. He talked about tares. How about that? Tares. Not weeds, but tares. You know, he talked about mountains. He, he, he talked about water and all of that. All right? Not weed. Not ganja, not all of that. But that, he, he used that example. There's a lesson to be learned in everything, like somebody's, you know, gardening and whatever, you know, birds, all these things that you all talked about, and meet with sports. The, the Holy Spirit, you know, he's, he's there. He, as long as we stay in tune, there's always something to learn. You can even learn something from a fool. You can learn what? Come on, y'all. Come on. I've taught several people a lesson on what not to do by them watching me. So I'm taking this class, and in this class... It's, it's teaching us about making a U-turn on a motorcycle. And what it said, what they said is, when you make a U-turn on a motorcycle, get this, don't look where you're at. I'm on the motorcycle. I'm getting ready to make a U-turn. I'm going to head back towards y'all, okay? It says, don't look where you're at as you're making a U-turn. Look to where you want to go. Amen. Because if you look where you're at, you're going to go there. So you're making a U-turn. Don't look down here because our motorcycle is going to end up down there. And you're going to have trouble stopping it once it starts falling. But you make that U-turn, look this way, and when you're looking that way, that motorcycle is going to go where you're looking. So as you're on that journey, where are we to look to? Looking onto who? Looking unto who? Jesus. One more time. Looking unto who? Jesus. The author 
of your and who gave you that faith? Y'all are, man, y'all, I didn't get that. Y'all got that the first time. Y'all so smart. It says, looking unto Jesus, the author, the finisher of your faith that I gave you. So stop saying you don't have faith. You have the faith of Jesus, the faith of the Son of God. That's what the Word says in Galatians. You got everything, I have everything, we have everything we need to get from the yes to the materialization of the yes. Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 2. We just quoted that. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. The author, one of the definitions of author is the creator, the source. And a, and a dictionary definition of finisher is terminator. Looking unto Jesus, the author, the source, the creator, the terminator of your faith. In other words, once it materializes, you can terminate the faith. If I'm believing for this phone and I don't have it, and it materializes and I have it, do I still need faith to get it? No. I got it. But Jesus is the author and finisher of your faith. In other words, he's the one that's given you the faith to believe for the yes that he's given you. We put the responsibility on ourselves, And all he tells us is when I give you the yes, between the yes... And the manifestation, all you do right cheer is believe. Yes, believe. Boom. See, I, I keep it simple because that's how I understand it. So, you know, when I'm reading, it's like, yes, mm, boom, there it is. Oh, whoop. Come on, y'all. Amen. I love it when you help me preach. Hallelujah. So the word of God is true. The word of God is he's given it to us to help us between the yes and the manifestation. But we have a part to play. That's right. We have to act on that word. We have to keep the word before us. We have to continue to persuade our heart. Keep our heart. For out of it flow the issues of life. We keep our heart. How did we get here? Simply by believing. That's how we got here. That's how we got here. So how do we stay with it and can cause that now, that yes, to manifest is just stick with him. Only believe. Stick with the word. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We're going to pause right there and we'll pick up on part two next week. How about that? Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you. We praise you that your word is true. Your word is always yes and amen, so be it. So we receive that word. Maybe there's someone here that, you know, God spoke to me recently, some years ago, concerning a promise. You may have let it go or been tempted to let it go or maybe ah, I'm putting it on the back. You know, you can actually pick that back up. 
because it still exists. It's still available. God keeps his side. He, he never takes back. It's still available for you now. All he's asking is, is, is just to believe, only believe. So, Father, I, I pray for maybe that person or persons that maybe from hearing this word, they're encouraged to, to pick back up what you've promised them, the yes that you've given them. Because sometimes things happen in life that cause us or maybe chokes the word out or, or as, as you say in the parable of the sower, you know, where we're tempted to let go. We're tempted to quit believing. But as your word also says that you're not a God, once again, that you lie. Nor the son of man that you have to repent. What you've spoken to our hearts, you will do it. You will bring it to pass. So thank you, Heavenly Father, for bringing it to pass. But until it happens, we're going to rejoice and act like it's true because it is. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Thank God for his word, right? Amen. Um, and, and we're going to pick back up on here part two next week. But um, maybe, you know, you're here this morning and, 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 and you, you heard me say in reference a few times in reference to believing God and, and, and receiving him as Lord and Savior. And, and maybe you're here or even watching online and Jesus is not Lord of your life. And you haven't accepted him. That's the number one thing to do right there. That's what's most important. So I want to give you that opportunity. Even if you're sitting here or if you're watching online. All you have to just say is just repeat after me. Just say, Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I confess you as Lord. Come into my life. Become my Lord. Create me new in you. I accept you as my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you pray that prayer and you're watching online, you can text the word prayer to the number that's on your screen, and, and we will contact you. Or if you're here and you prayed that prayer, don't walk out that way. Come up here and let us give you some material on your new journey in life. Or maybe you're here and you want to be filled with the mighty, powerful Holy Ghost. Being filled with the Spirit is so, so very important. It's so important that Jesus encouraged his disciples to wait before they started their ministry. And you, it's not just for ministry. It's just for this life down here. Being filled with him will help us live a powerful, abundant life. And be bold for Jesus. Boldness came after the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit. So maybe that's you. You come down here up front and allow our awesome prayer ministers to minister to you. Whether it's, you know, you receive Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit or you just want them to agree with you concerning something in your life. Now is the time. Now is the time. Amen.
So as we stand together, if you're able to stand, uh, we're going to go ahead and, and cut loose from here now. We're going to unhook and we'll hook.